We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Here we are again in the Joyly Studios podcast. I'm with uh, the amazing Cody Lowry. Cody, welcome and nice to have you here today. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm, I'm delighted to be here and uh, I've read a lot about you and the things you've done in your life, especially some of the adversity that you've overcome. And I think we have some parallels. I agree. And I uh, ditto that. I've been learning and listening and laughing along with you on many of your podcasts. So I hope that I can ask a couple of unique and new questions today. That's always my objective. So we'll see how I do. Uh, Before we get started, I just want to welcome everybody. We have the Global Joy Symposium coming up December 6th through the 10th. We have luminaries from all over the world speaking about why joy is not the conversational joy around Christmas time or birthday time, but why is it a fundamental, critical, and important important conversation to have right now. So Joyly is a new word that I made up. My uh, 30-year endeavor has been to really construct a conversation around the chair of joy, which is a very primitive, if you will, but also a very focused, um, neuroscientifically developed practice. So I'm excited to hopefully share that with our guest today. Hopefully, Cody will be willing. So let's go ahead and get started. First of all, Cody, um, may the schmooze be with us. Tell us uh, a little bit Tell us a little bit about your background with the development of how schmooze came into light. Yeah, well, I've, um, I'm a guy who uh, should have probably fallen through the cracks, and everybody's got a story. Mine's a little unique, and everybody talks about a rags-to-riches story. Mine was actually a riches-to-rags story. My <laughs> uh, mother and father came from Detroit. There's this high school named after my grandfather in Detroit. He was the first president, Frank Cody, of Wayne State University, and he raised his children around the Fords and the Fishers in Detroit, and my mom was all part of that, and she met dear old dad at a uh, camp, Camp Chicopee, in uh, northern Michigan, and they were both swimming coaches. Well, everything looked like it was going in the right direction. They fell in love. They got married. They both came to Florida, and unfortunately, they became alcoholics, and The uh, rest is history. Within a seven-year period, a seven-mile radius, we moved 32 times. My dad couldn't keep his hands off himself or my mom, and, you know, finally they separated. It was a time that, you know, would be rough on any kid, but, you know, when you you come from, you know, some some sort of a happy life and all of a sudden you're thrown into a, a situation where you come home from school and you know, you don't live at, there anymore. There's 32 locks on the door. I know you moved 40 times. I did my my uh, my homework on you, so you, you got me beat. I can act. I can remember coming home from school one day with my little brother, and we didn't we didn't live there anymore. Mm. We actually lived in uh, two places twice. My uh, electric was always turned off. Uh, we ate a lot of government food. It was spam and and peanut butter. My, my favorite saint was St. Vincent de Paul because I knew he would be there Christmas Day for me. But um, well. Schmooze really started out right there 
and I would say around age 11 when I sold papers for the Miami News. Would you buy a paper if I told you where you got your shoes, what state you were born in, how many birthdays you've had? Well, you know, Cheryl, you, you couldn't pass that up. You'd turn around and for a nickel, you know, you'd buy the Miami News. Well, I can tell you that, that from that point on, I started developing the secret sauce, if you will, the schmooze uh, angle in life. And um, it worked at age 11. It worked in college. When I was going through college, it worked my first job. It worked um, in business. And uh, I've had some, you know, incredible moments setting up a meeting with the president of the United States, getting a baseball signed by the Pope, being the recipient of a Super Bowl ring from an NFL Hall of Fame coach, um, auditioning, and this is a fun one, um, auditioning for Saturday Night Live within a 48-hour notice, and it was, it was quite an experience. But, you know, my book is Schmooze, What They Should Teach at Harvard Business School, and, and, and it could have been titled Joy, what they, should have, what they Should Teach at Harvard Business School, because as my good friend Nito Quibane, who is president of High Point University, says, today we live in the most connected society in the history of the world, and yet we are more disconnected than ever before. And so, so the book is about hearkening back to the, the good old days. When we looked people in the eye and we, we greeted them with a smile and we were, we were genuine and our lives weren't defined by how many clicks or likes we had in our, in our digital world. Absolutely, all that, and and um, here you are. Here you are. You got. I heard a little stint about Kalamazoo, Michigan, so that was fun. So you obviously moved from Kalamazoo and uh, been around the world. I think it seems like you've traveled. You have three children now, uh, or probably grandchildren at this point. Am I right? Well, you know what you talk about joy. I actually have four children, and and one is what they call a stepchild. She and I met at nine, fell in love. I walked her down the aisle, and we've been close ever since. She named her first child after me, which I was ecstatic about. But, uh, yeah, as far as children go, you know, I, I probably could have. And in the book, if people read the book, they'll, they'll know why I auditioned for Saturday Night Live. I was on my way to Las Vegas, and I was going to headline and do all these wonderful things. And that was going to lead into sitcoms and all kinds of stuff. And, and people say, boy, don't you regret not you know, going after that. And, and had I done that, Cheryl, I wouldn't have 11 grandchildren. And I have 11 grandchildren all from age um, a, a year and a half all the way to 21. And uh, they bring a lot of joy, as, as you know, to, to my life. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, what's, what's better than that? I don't know. I mean, headlining a big show in Las Vegas doesn't even come close. So I heard you say it was very troubling growing up, kind of in and out. I don't know if your mom and dad are still with us, but that is challenging and probably caused you to become this persistent schmoozing individual. So I would like to know, like, if there was a critical moment when, or, or a moment when you said, you know what, I either choose not having joy in my life or creating a joy-filled life. Was there something that sort of put you over the edge? So I don't know if, if I defined it that moment as, as joy, but I knew that uh, from, from where I came and uh, the things that I experienced, I had to have a positive outlook. I had to have a, uh, an everyday attitude that really spread. I, I don't, in the book, I, I talk about having fun. I don't talk about having joy, but again, they're one and the same, right? 
And um, I guess um, living every, every day and, and trying to reach out to people, total strangers and, and change their life. I, I was in a um, restaurant uh, the other day with another couple and, you know, I paid a compliment to the waiter. And uh, that brought not just joy to my life, but to her. You can give them a gratuity, uh, Cheryl, but, uh, you know, you pay a compliment. Boy, you know what? Her name was Jennifer. Boy, you know, Jennifer, that was really great, great service. And watch the smile on their face. And, um, you know, as far as any, any turning point to your, your original uh, question there, I guess, um, I guess it just goes back to, you know, selling papers. And I can remember one Saturday, if, if you'll allow me to just back up a little bit here, my station, man, I used to get 15 papers Monday through Friday. And then I'd get uh, on, on Saturday, they would give me 30 papers. And because I took great pride in, in uh, selling 30 papers on Saturday, he gave me uh, 50 papers. And he said, I think you can sell them. And I told him there was no way I was going to sell 50 papers. Uh, but in any event, uh, he gave me the old Newt Rotney uh, pitch and off I went. And I walked the mall. It was probably a quarter of a mile back and forth. Miami News, Miami News, latest edition, Blue Street edition. Uh, sir, would you buy a paper if I told you where you got your shoes, what state you were born in, how many birthdays you've had? You got your shoes on your feet, you were born in the state of infancy, and you've only had one birthday the day you were born. Well, that particular Saturday, Cheryl, I can remember it was getting close to dark, and I was done. I had about 12 papers left, and I decided to go across the street to Wolfie's, which was a a Jewish delicatessen and see if I couldn't peddle the last 12 papers I had. So I walked across the street and I was walking through the parking lot and I couldn't believe what I saw. There was an older gentleman and he was selling the Sunday Miami Herald. Now, those of you out there in podcast land and know anything about the Sunday Miami Herald, it's bigger than the New York Times. It's got, you know, 10 different sections, every advert in the, in the world. And this guy had the Miami Heralds. They were stacked up to the, the awning, and, and uh, he didn't even have to sell them. People were coming out and grabbing them. And here I was with the Saturday edition, the Blue Street edition of the Miami News. And it was a little more than a fish wrapper, if you want to know the truth. But anyway, I decided to you know, stand just opposite him about 10 feet away and everybody that came out, I gave an enthusiastic pitch. Miami News, Miami News, Blue Street Edition, latest news. And I sat there pitching for probably, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. I hadn't sold one paper and I was really dead beat and I decided I was going to go home. And as I was picking up my papers, Cheryl, a, uh, a man came blowing out. He came past me. And I said, paper, sir, Miami News, Blue Street Edition. He kept going. And I went after him. I said, sir, would you buy a paper if I told you where you got your shoes, what state you were born in, how many birthdays you've had? And he turned around so quick, I thought he was going to hit me. And then he looked me up and down. And he said, son, how many papers do you have left? And I said, I have 12 papers, sir. And he said, that's exactly how many I want. And then I want you to go home. So you look at where it all started. It started selling paper boys. And I realized that then it was, you know, part of my life was going to really be reaching out to 
the less fortunate, if you will. And today I, I take great pride. I've got friends and family even who, who call me a pushover for a lot of these street people. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, um, and I'm not a bleeding heart, whatever, okay? But I have great empathy and compassion for these people on the street. And 82% of them, guess what? They're hungry. They're hungry. Mm. I can't figure out who the 18% are trying to con me, right? So I give to everybody, oh, Cody, you're so easy and blah, blah, blah. They're going to take that money and they're going to use it for booze. They're going to... Well, good. And and I don't know which who that is, but I can tell you, you know, through my life and it's in the book, I've got uh, two or three different stories, little vignettes of where I've been situations and and reached out to the little people. So, yeah, I think I think that selling papers, you know, I may not have, you know, lived on easy street growing up. But uh, what I learned uh, from my mother, who I call the debutante mother, who had to go to work for the first time in her life and hold two jobs to raise four kids. I mean, I, I, I think it was a, really a, a great start in, in life and maybe a better start in life than some of the kids, you know, that I grew up with who were doctors, kids, lawyers, kids, and, and what have you. Thank you for sharing that. I chuckled several times while you were talking, especially the fish paper that made me laugh. So uh, I feel I feel the same way. There's oftentimes in many of the things that you've written and in, in, in the stories that you tell and in the giving of the newspaper that you could see how your energy, your smile, your enthusiasm, your persistence, laughter, smile, all put those people at ease and gave them a sense of joy, really. So you ignited joy. You were doing what we're talking about today, was, which is raising the vibration of joy on the planet. And you did that through charisma, right? Through schmoozing, through, I mean, there's lots of different words for it. But at the end of the day, you were being human to humans. And I think that's where you are today. So my next question is, how are you changing sort of this social media paradigm where everyone is disconnected? And how are we getting us, all of us, to be more connected so we can all have more joy together? Well, I really think that's what the what the whole book is about. Because, you know, uh, I, um, I just left a uh, position where I had you know, maybe 25 millennials and was uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I was there for six years, but, uh, you know, they walk around with their head in, the, in their phone and, you know, they really don't greet you in the morning. And, you know, I'd scare the hell out of them. Good morning. How you doing? They turn around, they look at me. But, you know, when, when you look at the, the book and the things that are in the book about schmoozing, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a winning smile. And, you know, if I can encourage people to, you know, smile more. I mean, there's great health benefits, but um, uh, in the book, I talk about uh, my mentor, Hugh Hoffman, and uh, he, he was an incredible guy. He was a Paul Bunyan type figure. He had, you know, he was about six six, and he had a big head, big hands, big everything. But when he walked into the room, he had a smile on his face that would just light up any room. And so I always encourage people to smile and just to back up a little bit on Hugh Hoffman. He had what I call Cheryl Hoffmanisms. Cody, you never lend money to a friend. It's the quickest way to lose one. Cody, when the maid comes over, I hide money in the seat. Tells me two things. One, if she's honest. Two, if she cleaned there. And, you know, Cody, if somebody initiates the bet, don't take it. So in the book, I talk about having fun. And I would always have fun with you. I'd always like to 
you know, do a little practical joke on him. So one day I walked into his, his uh, office. He, he was a confirmed bachelor. He was married one time, I think, for five minutes, and he couldn't stand it. You know, <laughs> he, he, he had to be in total control at all times, including uh, his new son-in-laws that uh, he really didn't care for. But in any event, I walked into his office one day, and, and um, he would buy a Cadillac every year, right? He, he was really a father figure to my brother and I, but he'd buy a Cadillac every year, and I, and I walked into his office, and he comes out, he's all excited. He says, Cody, he says, he says, I'll give you one minute. He says, I'll bet you you can't find the horn on my Cadillac. And uh, he says, and let me tell you something. Five people have already lost today. Now, remember the, remembering the great advice that he had given me probably a year prior, I immediately changed the subject. And you talk about ADD. He was off doing something else, right? And I went out to his front office, and I called Connor Brown Cadillac. I got a salesman on the phone and I said, let me ask you a question. Where's the horn on the new Cadillac? He said, all you do is just squeeze the steering wheel. I said, really? So now here comes Hoffman. You know? He comes out and, I, and I've got to remind him about the bet. I said, hey, Hoffman, what, what was the, that bet again about the Cadillac? And the horn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's getting excited again. He's, he's got a pigeon, right? And um, uh, he said, I'll bet you, he said, I'll bet you one dollar. He says, you can't find the horn of my new Cadillac, and, and I'll give you one minute to do it. And I went, you're on, like that. And so out we go outside, and he is like a kid, Cheryl. He, he's got his watch on there. He's a big guy, and I'm sitting in the car, and he's looking down. Now, don't go. Don't go. You, you know, you would have thought this was a, a NASA launch or something, right? Okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you when to go. One, two, three, go. He goes, ah. he said, son of a you-know-what. I can't believe I should have known you're a smart kid. But, you know, in the book, I, I talk about having fun. And I had fun with uh, Hoffman. And, and it's about smiling. I think uh, it's about reaching out to, you know, the less fortunate, uh, regardless of class. But I think the most important thing about being genuine and in the, in the book, uh, Cheryl, I've redefined the word schmooze. And for some, it takes on a negative connotation. But for me, um, it's all about being genuine. It's about being real. It's about, you know, it's about who you are. And I think it's developing a place in life where you're really comfortable in your own skin. I think that probably uh, sums it up. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Can you tell me one quick story about the Barnes & Noble experience or the book signing and the person who had the most schmooze with you at the, at the table? So the most schmooze at the table was, and I, you know, little old lady, um, but a beautiful <laughs> lady. And um, she uh, had already read the book and she was buying three books for her, uh, I think, great grandchildren, to tell you the truth. But when, when, I, when I went and I did uh, some research, and, and I, I mentioned this earlier about, you know, the, the common thread with joy and, and schmooze. I mean, if you if you asked a hundred people about Cody Lowry and and um, you know what what's he all about, and, and they they would say that you know he has fun, and I have fun every day. I went to Publix. Those of you in uh, the Southeast know what Publix is. It seems like during COVID, I spent you know my life at, at Publix. But I mean, I I, just, I have fun meeting the strangers. I have fun with the with the checkout people. I have fun with the guy at the. And I just have fun, you know, and I kind of think um, a lot of times I get lucky and make their day.
That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Do you mind um, if we went to the chair of joy experience really quick? I would love that. So I'm going to take myself out of the camera because I would like to hear you describe your chair of joy. So before you say anything, think about your house, think about the room in your house that you like to get away to and think about the chair in that room that you like to sit in. And I would love it if you would describe your chair of joy with us. Well, what I ought to do first is share my uh, my couch story because that's that's a real good one. And it it uh, ties into the book about laughing at yourself. Uh, if you'll indulge me for just a just a minute here, I uh, I had I thought I had reached this point in life where um, I had that chair. It was a it was a green suede couch, and um, I was very proud of that green suede couch. And I came in one day, and there was a big stain on the couch, and I couldn't believe it. And and I called my three kids up from downstairs. Cody, Chelsea, get get up here right now. And they came up, you know, they didn't know what happened. Thought maybe somebody died. And uh, my first, uh, my my uh, oldest son, he goes, you know, what's up? What's 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 wrong? I said, look at this stain. I want to know who did it. I want to know now, and I want the truth. And he looked at me. He said, Dad, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, he he def diffused me as I was. Uh, thinking about that couch and how to get the stain off and what, how the stain uh, happens uh, is a long story. But when I think about, you know, that, that chair that you speak of, you know, and in the book I talk about, it, you know, we have to appreciate what we have in life and what we've been given. I tell my kids and I tell other, I told somebody just the other day who was, had their chin in their chest. They, uh, they, they were upset about something and, I told them, as I told my children when they were growing up, I said, look, you have it better than 99.9% .9 of all the people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. And, you know, my, my, my favorite quote is a Japanese proverb. It's all about falling down seven times, getting up eight. When I look at the things that I've been through in my life, you know, and, and you know, the rejection early on that I've had and, and some of the the crazy things in business where I had a, my first business partner took me for about $400,000. And, um, you know, as bad as, as that was, you know, we can always pick ourselves up and, you know, um, and, and my favorite word and people will tell you is charge, let's charge, you know? And so when I, when I sit in that chair and I, and I look around and, you know, there's some material things that are nice. It's nice that I'm able to play golf occasionally. It's nice that I can travel occasionally. But it's the smaller things in life that give me great joy, as we talked about my grandchildren, my, my children, uh, my friends who seem to be doing well. Um, and um, so I, I think it's the, the little things and, and yeah. not so much the, you know, the big things. Thank you for that. I actually listened to the story of the of the why this there was a, the uh, stain on the couch. So that was really interesting oh, that okay. you told that. And I encourage everyone to go to the book to read um, that story. The um, the question I have uh, is where physically is your chair of joy? So I heard the couch, but what chair would you coin your chair of joy? Is it a recliner? Is it a chair in the in the office? Where would you actually go and take a few minutes just to sit? Just real briefly, I don't have to have all the details. Yeah, I, so it would be in my bedroom. Bedroom, okay. Guest bedroom now, and it's a it's a big old leather chair with uh, ottoman, and it looks like it uh, belongs in some you know 
attorney's <laughs> office, you know, and, and it's beautiful. With All right, beautiful. Said, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was yeah. kind of an antique when I bought it. And it's more of an antique today. Cool. All right. So I have about five questions and I just want to get through this with you quick. So um, my next question is when you're sitting in your beautiful attorney's chair in your bedroom, I want you to just visualize yourself there for just a minute and put put both feet on the ground. You can do that with me right now. Put both feet on the ground and just <clears throat> take a deep breath. And um, I'm just going to guide you for a minute. So if you could tell me what one thing you see while you're sitting in that chair, what do you physically see? Is there a picture on the wall or what do you see? Just one thing. So I see the future and, you know, okay. I, I'm retired, but okay. um, I'm in, I'm, I, I always uh, tell people when you're green, you're growing, when you're ripe, you're rot. And uh, in the book, I talk about actually sitting down with a billionaire who um, I kind of, he asked me when I was going to retire. And I said, I want to stay relevant. I want to stay in the game. And, and uh, he got mm -hmm. it. And, um, you know, so I look at the future, you know, you look, Grandma Moses didn't start painting till she was 75. Oh, and I love so, that story. You know, we have, you know, and today the, the largest growing segment uh, demographic is centurions. Okay. So we're all getting, we're all healthier. We're exercising. We're, we're living longer. So to go ahead and, you know, throw my, my, my hat on the coat rack and sit down and go, you know, I always tell people, I said, you know, I say I tell people, people that have that are, are retiring or, or want to retire or are retired that, you know, for me, it'd be like waiting to die. Because yeah. what is there if you don't have the future? And what is it if you don't have your dreams? And uh, from where I came from, you know, it's ensconced to me. I mean, I I dream a lot. I, I think about, you know, different things and uh, that I won't share with you now. But it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. No one has ever said they see the future. They usually say the laundry basket or the ironing board. But um, if one thing, one thing that you can hear. So I'm just trying to get you to grounded. You're sitting there. Your feet are on the ground. You're sitting in your beautiful chair of joy. What is one thing that you hear? Just physically hear. Plane going overhead. Physically. Right now I hear the fan in the out in the background that I think you can see. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So oh, again, I just want to remind people that are listening to this for the first time. We had Cody sit down. He's uh, sitting in his beautiful chair, you know, thinking about the future, seeing the future, hearing the fan and taking a deep breath. And um, one of the things that I think that makes us so social media focused and less connected is all these thoughts that are continuously going through our brains. And so as we're sitting there, we're just kind of letting the thoughts kind of um, really I liken them to fish kind of jumping out of the water, just letting them kind of swim around in the ocean. I would love it if you could, Cody, take a deep breath, six seconds in, six seconds out. And I want you to see if you can tap into one of your most joyful memories ever. Or it could have been this morning, could have been when you were a young man, but one of the most joyful memories ever. Well, this is, a, this is an easy question because it was when my first son was born, uh, Cody Jr., and Phyllis and I were, um, I'm going to back up just a little because this is, this is really funny. Um, we were married, I don't know, three months and, and um, you know, we're having dinner or something. And just out of the clear blue, she goes, there must be something wrong with you. And I said, what's wrong with me? She goes, well, I'm not pregnant. And me, I said, well, maybe there's something wrong with you, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right on the, 
right on the heels of that, we had three kids, bingo, bango, bongo, in less than three years. And I think um, it was Cody when he was born. My, we, As I told you on the front end, we lived in Lakeland, but you know he was going to be delivered in uh, St. Joe's Hospital in Tampa. And, you know, I was struggling. I had an old Continental and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's the middle of the night and she's ready and I got to get her in there. And, and now we've got to drive 30 miles and, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got, I, you don't, many people out there don't remember CBs, you know, breaker, breaker one nine, you know, and I'm, I'm going down I four breaker, breaker one nine, got one in the belly, you know, and I'm talking to truck drivers and everything. And, um, I, uh, I get to the hospital and, and Cody's going to be uh, premature. Um, and he weighed uh, not quite five pounds. And when they brought him out, I, I, I was really struggling. I mean, I had tears in my eyes, joy, tears of joy. Um, and, and yet I couldn't believe how little this baby was. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he stayed in, in, in the ICU or, or for about uh, two weeks. And, and uh, you know what I did? I made it a point to make sure that all the nurses knew who little Cody Lowry was. And I would send pizza over there. I would do it. I came in one day and they got, they have the little cradles they're all in and, and Cody's got balloons on his, you know? So, um, but I, I would say, you know, um, my first child and, and then not, not to take away from, from Chelsea or Kip because it was, uh, it was, um, I, I would say equal joy, but Cody was the first. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Say hello to Cody next time you see him. That was a beautiful story and the others as well. So one more deep breath and just um, I want to make sure we have enough time for my next four questions. So one more deep, deep breath, breath, six seconds in, six seconds out. We'd love to hear one more short story of another joyful moment when things were just really cool. They really felt good for you. Just one quick more story, a uh, couple sentences if you can. What was the moment? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it was probably uh, one of my business successes, and it was when I went up against some pretty big agencies, Saatchi and Saatchi, you might remember that name, and then there were other regional agencies that were competing for a piece of business. I was invited up. I didn't even know we were making a presentation for the account, and I was invited up to have dinner with a bunch of Toyota dealers and had a good time, and then, and then one of them... Uh, you know, in, in the course of the evening, he said, well, who'd you bring with you? And I, I thought that was a very strange question because I thought I was up there to just have a little meeting. Well, there was a major presentation in the morning and um, they were pitching for this account in Charlotte, North Carolina, all of the Toyota dealers. There were 10 of them. And um, I was the last one to go on of the five agencies. And I won the, I won the business. And it's, a, it's kind of a, a great story about how that all happened. And uh, if they read the book, they'll, they'll, I think they'll enjoy the story. Great. So to finish that story, please, everybody, go buy the book uh, Schmooze um, by Cody. So let's to finish this so that the two memories of joy were Cody and really all the kids being born. So just let those moments kind of flush from your head to your toe and feel the resonation of the joy rising in your in your body. And the second um, beautiful memory, I can just see you talking with Toyota executives and 
they probably had no other thought but to say, yes, I am sure. So kind of let those two moments kind of resonate through your entire body. And I would love it if you could, you're going to answer me with one word now. I don't know if this is possible here, Cody, but I would like you to answer me with one word. What is the essence of those two memories? If you could give those two memories, the kids and the business, one word, what would you say? Happiness. All right. And so if you could put happiness in some kind of container, something that is physical, what would that container be? Surrounded by my family. It would be a family container. I love it. You are a family man, I can tell. And you and me are going to go on a trip and we're going to take this entire family of container. Let's put it in a big uh, bowl or something. And we're flying to LaGuardia. We're getting off the airport and there's thousands of people waiting for you to come down um, and give them your uh, uh, speech, your uh, say hello speech, your welcome speech. And they want to know what it is, this magic formula that you have called Um, happiness that's in this container, this family, this joy that you speak of. They don't get it. They're fast. They're moving. Their heads are down. Their social media, they're not connecting. What would you say to them? Yeah, baby. (laughs) I get their attention right off the bat, which is what I do every day. You know, Um, we just had, um, you know, I don't know if you read the book, but I doing the stand-up comedy. I did all these impressions, but for the young kids that came over to our house, we had all fixed up. I was the uh, wicked witch. Oh, give me those slippers, you! <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would I would get their attention right off the bat, and they go, "Oh," God. and then, and hopefully, I put a smile on their face. And furthermore, just curious because um, I love that you got their attention, but now they're listening. They're really listening, and they want a piece of your action. What could you share with them so that they really get it, which is really our listening audience as well? What can we really learn and value from your wisdom from being on this planet? Well, I, I would say um, first and foremost, and if you, if you read the book, it's about being persistent. And uh, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now, Cheryl, if, if I hadn't been persistent in my my early life and my business life and uh I've overcome a lot of obstacles by, you know, sticking with it. And um, I, um, I, think, I think it is persistence. I love that. And so I am curious, all of us go to bed or have fear in our lives and we choose. Dr. Wilder says you go to bed with either fear or joy in your life. How did you get through the fear during all those years and wake up in the morning going, I'm ready to do this again? What was your trick? Because just going going back to the, the quote that I used to tell my kids, you know, you have it better than 99.9% of everything that everybody in, in the world has. And I, I can remember my sister calling me one day, and this is when, the you know, I had a business partner early on, uh, you know, take me for some money. And she called me, and I was in a good mood. And there was, as, as I was sitting at a light, I was waiting uh, longer than the, the changing of the light because there was a man going by being pushed in a wheelchair. And I was talking to my older sister and she, she uh, goes, why are you in such a good mood? I mean, you just lost $400,000. And I said, Mimi, I'm going to get over this. That's a money deal. And, you know, and there's, there's people that have a lot, uh, a lot worse than, than I do. And I, and I know that. You know, that's really interesting because I think most of us spend our life getting to that fame that maybe you started out with, but you, since you knew it and you experienced it, life just became 
I think a much simpler bed of roses, in my opinion. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that feels like, man, if we could all have the opportunity to maybe hit the dust a little bit faster, we might be able to see what's on the other side. The light is probably a little bit brighter um, if we can be more grateful. And as you say in your last chapter, appreciate the heck out of everything around us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're spot on. I like to be spot on. Well, that was good. So what can we leave everyone with about um, Schmooze, where to find you, how to find you, why to find you? Are you speaking? What can we do for you, sir? Yeah, I um, obviously the book is, is available wherever books are sold. And it looks like most of them, uh, the foot traffic seems to be a bit down at the at the traditional stores. But on Amazon, you can get the book. I actually did the, uh, the audio for the book. I can remember when um, this uh, group out of New York, uh, they, they, they actually gave us a bonus if they could do it. And we said yes. And they said they have their own talent that is going to do the audio. And uh, I told our publisher that that was not something that was going to happen. And uh, through about uh, three or four weeks of going back and forth, they decided to acquiesce. And, and I did the audio. And nobody can tell your story better than you. Nobody can tell your story, Cheryl, better than you. And nobody could tell, you know, schmooze uh better than I could. So uh, the my website is uh, mrschmooze.com and that's mrschmooze.com. Yeah, there's there's a lot of places I'm going. I don't think I'm going to run into too many of um, your listeners, but um, I'm looking forward to really keeping up with you and the kinds of things that you're doing. And, and I hope people do get a chance to read Schmooze because it's a, it's, a, it's a great book. It's fun. It's quick. People ask me why it's quick and I tell them I don't have a big vocabulary. Um, it's, it's inspirational and, uh, and a lot of self-help, a lot of self-help. They better go listen to Philbert because you have not lived unless you hear, hear the Philbert story. So let's save that one. Let's save oh that one. Oh my God. You, you've got okay. your homework. Just give me, just give me one sentence of Philbert. Fabulous Philbert here, friends. Yes, for national auto sales and not to be outnumbered competitors. We're having our own tag sale. It's Philbert's Fuchsia, Turquoise, and Lime Green tag sale. Yeah, so it, uh, you know. That gives me so many marketing ideas for the Chair of Joy. You have no idea. (laughs) So my biggest takeaway today, Cody, was just actually hearing your heart. I mean, I loved hearing how passionate you are for all people, right? Not just the people you're doing business with, but for every human that wants to be seen and heard no matter where they are, what their status quo is in life, what color, race, creed, you know, it doesn't matter. People are people and they all yearn for joy and they all love to meet people like you. So what was your biggest takeaway, Cody? My biggest takeaway is you. You've got a fantastic podcast and and I'm going to, I'm going to, Cheryl Lynn, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you now. I, I will be very frank. I didn't know who you were two weeks ago, but but now I know. And 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 I think because of our alliance, you know, schmooze, joy. I mean, you know, there's a lot of common ground there. So I'm I'm looking forward to to following you, Carolyn. Well, good luck keeping up. I am on stages all over the place. We have symposiums where we're bringing the chair to city a city near you. So we will be f- sure to have you, Cody. So everyone who's listening. 
we are, what we did today was take Cody through the chair of joy. He shared some extraordinary experiences from his life and how he shows up as a joyful human being and that it wasn't always that easy, right? You have to work at it. And um, our formula is three things. You have to access joy. And a lot of people don't know that it's easy to access joy. It's really at our fingertips. All we have to do is sit still in our chair of joy. And uh, Cody told us about his chair of joy in, in the, in the, in the uh, guest bedroom, um, the beautiful chair that he sits in now three times a day because it's that powerful. And then also to sustain joy that you can actually wake up every day and keep joy in your life. Um, just a real quick story. I met a gentleman yesterday, his son of 37 years old passed away um, on a motorcycle accident. And he of course, was devastated, yet he was driving a 1977 Corvette. And I saw him sitting there and I said, what is, tell me the story about this Corvette. And he said, my young son died um, this past year and all the while through his life, he always knew that I loved Corvettes and that one day he wanted to get me a Corvette. So he passed away before the fund was filled. Um, so I did have a life insurance policy on him and there was a little money left over at the end. And he said, and now I sit in my chair of joy in the Corvette that was, um, that we purchased in honor of my son. So the point is, the point is, is that there is joy no matter what's happening in our life. We will weave in and out of depression and saying sadness and anger and, you know, heartache, you know, beyond sometimes imaginable. But luckily that makes us humans and we get to have the human experience every day, all day long. So once again, Cody, thank you for being here in the Joyless Studios today. <laughs> Been a delight. Thank you, Cheryl. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.